Up next is Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Pete's Ponderings is a selection of Pete's candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis, taken from his show, Afternoons. Listen to the live broadcast of Peter Williams' Afternoon Show at 1pm, Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, right here on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Well, I had a fascinating day yesterday, despite the fact that I'm almost allergic to Auckland these days. I was asked to go there to interview Winston Peters. Uh, The reality is that Winston, despite looking like he's going to be back in Parliament after October the 14th, doesn't get the media attention that he deserves or he thinks he deserves. So he and his party are going straight to the people. We recorded a very robust discussion yesterday, which will in due course be distributed on a variety of channels. We traversed many issues. He is still railing against the economic reforms of the 1980s, despite the reality that the economic medicine administered then saved the New Zealand economy. He is not actively chasing the freedom vote, but he knows it has found a natural home with him and his party, because he saw what went on at the Wellington protest, and what's more, he talked with the protesters. He maintains he can get a far wider-ranging inquiry into the COVID response than what we have at the moment. He reckons also that he can work with David Seymour in a government. He is absolutely adamant the current interpretation of the Treaty of Waitangi is wrong, and he will remove what he calls race-based policy if he's in the next government. But what I can report is that after interviewing him on numerous occasions over the last 25 years, is that although he is 78 years old, his brain is still razor sharp and he is still a committed politician. Whether or not that translates into at least 5% of the popular vote come election night is of course yet to be decided. But you get the feeling there is plenty of momentum with New Zealand First, plenty of enthusiasm and plenty of money around his party in 2023. Now, the interview will be released sometime next week. You will hear it here on RCR when the editing and production is completed. One of the oldest sayings in New Zealand politics, of course, is you can never write off Winston. I reckon in 2023, that phrase is more apt than ever. You're listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Oh dear, the National Party, again. Somebody said to me yesterday that the 2023 version of the Nats is like the Helen Clark Labour Party of 20 years ago. That is just to the left of centre. And when you look at a few policies, that comment surely isn't far off the mark. They're going to retain the 39 cents top tax rate, They're maintaining the Zero Carbon Act. And then in the last couple of days, two quite staggering announcements from a national party. They're going to maintain the winter heating payment for all people aged 65 and over, even if a decent chunk of those people are multi-millionaires. And then at the other end of the scale, they're going to carry on with this busted policy of the fees-free first year at university. What is it with these people? The term poll-driven fruitcakes comes to mind because the country cannot afford either policy. The fees-free idea is a shambles. It hasn't brought any more students into universities 
and has been shown to be of more assistance to children of the wealthy than kids from lower-income families. As for the winter heating payment, I mean, why is it not means-tested? Don't give me the stock answer of that would be too hard to administer. There are mechanisms that already exist, like the Community Services Medical Card, or make it an opt-in scheme for those under a certain income or asset base, rather than just a universal money giveaway. I think it's wasteful spending, something a responsible government would tidy up. But no, any new government led by the National Party is looking like Santa Claus already. Check out our brand new RCR Foundation Members Club. Go to realitycheck.radio slash members and join now. Now, if you think that the drop in dairy prices being paid by China at the moment is just a temporary thing, then it might be worth your while to reassess when you have a look at some of the long-term trends in the Chinese economy. Consider these facts. China's population is decreasing. Last year, it dropped by 850,000, the first decline in the country's population since Mao Zedong was killing his people through starvation in the years of the Great Leap Forward. The fertility rate in the country is a dreadful 1.09 per woman, one of the lowest in the world. Even New Zealand's is at a pretty low 1.61. The United Nations forecasts that based on the fertility rate, the decreasing number of women in the 25 to 35 year age group and the highest recorded death rate since the Cultural Revolution of 50 years ago, the population of China will shrink by over 100 million people in the next 30 years. They've already been overtaken by India as the world's most populous nation, and they're not reclaiming the title anytime soon. And if all the official statistics are not bad enough, here's some anecdotal evidence about the future. The online search engine Baidu reports that the number of inquiries for baby pushchairs and strollers is down 17% in the last 12 months and has dropped 40% in four years. But at the other end of the age scale, searches for old age care were up 800%. And all this before the numbers about unemployment are put in the mix. Youth unemployment, you see, in China is at a staggering 21.3%. It's hardly a rosy picture for the future, is it? Fewer people with less money. It's not a place where an export market for New Zealand meat and dairy is going to grow. For us, it's time to get really, really serious about finding some big new markets for the food that we sell to the world. Altex Machine is now live. Send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057. That's 2057. So get in touch with us now. I'm a great fan of the New Zealand Initiative. The Wellington Think Tank has some of the smartest minds in the country and the work they do suggesting public policy, which can make this country one that functions more efficiently, I think is very valuable. In the last few days, they've released what they call their Prescriptions for Prosperity, subtitled A 2023 Briefing to the Incoming Government. Now, it's a pretty solid piece of work, 81 pages all up. 
And I haven't read it all, I will say. But thankfully, there is a section called the Executive Summary and then a Summary of Recommendations. I'm not going to go through them all, of course. But I thought it was worthwhile to take a look at a few of their ideas. And I have to say they caught controversy right from the start. In Section 1 of the Recommendations, which is called Fiscal Priorities, they say, don't increase taxes or introduce new ones. Gee, I'll give that one a tick. They say, undertake a comprehensive review to identify and reduce low-quality government expenditure. Again, a big tick. But then they say, lift the superannuation age to 67 and make further adjustments based on life expectancy and then stop all KiwiSaver subsidies and stop contributions to the New Zealand Superannuation Fund. Frankly, I struggle with those ideas. New Zealanders need to save and to have a sovereign wealth fund for future investment in the country, let alone help pay down the cost of superannuation in a few years' time. To get us saving, a small incentive is surely a good idea in our KiwiSaver accounts. Heaven forbid it's only $521 a year each, which comes to less than a billion dollars a year from the government. It puts more money into all those KiwiSaver accounts, which is then reinvested to grow into something even bigger. It's the same with the New Zealand Superannuation Fund. The initiative says it should be wound up and used to pay down government debt. I see that as short-term thinking. There is still plenty of growth in the world economy which this sovereign wealth fund should tap into. Yes, the money being invested is borrowed, but the return is more often than not higher than the interest on the borrowed money. And if we have to have our own big wealth fund, we can use it to invest in New Zealand companies and startups to grow our economy, instead of having to use the Wall Street types to lead foreign direct investment. So these are just a few ideas from the New Zealand Initiative. All up, this report has 21 areas of New Zealand life for which they make recommendations. I think it should be required reading for all candidates in this election. You're listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Well, it will be a different kind of Saturday morning for many of us tomorrow. We will wake up and turn on the telly and watch the All Blacks play. It's actually a pattern that will be repeated a few times in the coming weeks as the All Blacks have three Friday night games during pool play at the Rugby World Cup. That means Saturday morning in New Zealand. I'm very pleased there's a full-strength team running out for this game at Twickenham against South Africa. The second 15 that played Australia a few weeks ago in Dunedin showed that it's actually a few notches down from what we regard as the first 15, or should that be the first 23 these days. Putting the likes of Aaron Smith and Richie Mawanga in the 9 and 10 jerseys and the first choice front row with Tyrell Lomax and Ethan DeGroote back on the park against the defending world champions, two weeks out from the start of the World Cup is really nothing more than a logical move. After all, this is the team that will have to line up for the opening match of the World Cup itself, which is just two weeks from tomorrow morning, yes, September the 9th in New Zealand, against the host nation France. And the result of that match in Paris will determine whether the All Blacks play South Africa or Ireland in the quarterfinals in mid-October. 
Those further down the pecking order in the All Black camp will have the opportunities during the World Cup itself to show some form in the matches against Italy, Uruguay and Namibia before the knockout part of the tournament starts on the weekend of our election. As I said to someone yesterday, just imagine a weekend where the Labour Greens government wins the election and the All Blacks lose a World Cup quarterfinal. Would that not be the most depressing time of your life? I don't want to consider the possibility. And that's why I want the All Blacks to go well tomorrow morning in this World Cup warm-up match in London. RCR is on a mission to revive Honest Media, and now you too can be an integral part of it by joining the RCR Foundation Members Club. Receive exclusive benefits only available to club members, including your own backstage pass to join the hosts for interactive behind-the-scenes discussions, along with our all-new daily curated news summary, RCR Bytes, that's delivered to your email box every morning, keeping you on the pulse of the news that matters in just a few minutes per day. To find out more, visit realitycheck.radio members to see how you can join the mission that's making a difference. Making a difference. This has been the Peter Williams Afternoon Show here on Reality Check Radio. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the All Blacks. I look forward to talking with you again on Monday afternoon. You've been listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Remember, you can catch Pete's full show combining smooth sounds and candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis and the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on our live broadcasts 1pm Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays right here on RCR Reality Check Radio Check out our brand new RCR Foundation Members Club Go to realitycheck.radio slash members and join now